Welcome in to the DNVR Gaming Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. I'm Drew Creaseman. With me on this one is AJ Hayfley and Nathan Rudo Rudolph. And we're going to be talking video games because that's what we do on this podcast. This being the second one ever, I think it's a good time to give you an indication of the kind of format that we've come up with uh, moving forward here. We're each week planning on reviewing uh, a new game for you today we're going to do animal crossing which aj has dived into and we're very excited about that and we're going to do a retro game which the timing of it just could not have been more perfect for us to talk about final fantasy 7 it's got a remake that's coming out but we want to begin this time with our kind of update for you each week on what's going on with us at DNVR on the gaming channel, on the Twitter, on the Twitch, what we've been streaming, and particularly today, the fun announcement of the launching of our Discord channel. Finally, uh, we have a, a chat for all DNVR members to come hang out with us and uh, plan tournaments and and just talk sports and talk games, whatever you want to do. So. Uh, AJ, I know you're you've been looking forward to this for a while. Uh, what are some of the things you're most excited about with the way we've finally got this set up now? I think that especially with the way that we are growing uh, the gaming side of this right now, being in quarantine and just not having sports right now, um, the way that we have kind of taken on the the whole gaming side of this, and we are sort of. Uh, focusing on that and uh, building that up. I'm excited to see what this means in terms of our ability to run a lot of different tournaments. And then, you know, even down the road, we could even set up something like a Champions League type of tournament where people that are winning the tournaments get in, get put into their own league. And we get to stream these and we get to, we get to put these out there and we get to watch them and cast them and, and just kind of enjoy for everybody else. Uh, and I think that that's the, the addition of the discord is going to, to, to make this much easier for us. And, you know, it'll be great. We'll all get to go and talk all the trash in the world. We'll have a place to hang out and um, we can, we can clip highlights and drop them into that and, and get to dunk on each other. It'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be great for a gaming community kind of offshoot of a bunch of sports fanatics uh, to to come together on a different hobby. And so I think that's that's what I'm most excited about today. Obviously having, you know, in season, having game day threads and being able to hang out with fans and, and our ability to give some behind the scenes looks at stuff that may not make articles or podcasts or whatever. That's that, I think that will obviously be a, a great boon for, our community and and one more thing that just continues to separate us from the pack and just make us a little bit different is that we have a place where we can come in and we can hang out and uh, the, that our, our subscribers can drop in and spend time with us. And I think that that's a huge thing. Yeah. I 100% agree on that. I'm super stoked on the discord and our Twitch channel coming together is, is something you can unite. Oh, Hey guys, I'm going to go live and play X in 15 minutes. Does anyone want to hop on and, and play with us right now? Organizing tournaments. Like you said, I, we're going to be streaming a rocket league tournament coming up this weekend that I'm super excited about casting and it should be a lot of fun. So putting it all together is awesome. I can also finally say the thing I've always wanted to say on Twitch now that we have everything all set up. We are affiliated with Twitch as it stands. So if you're watching this, if you're listening to this and you have Twitch Prime, Amazon Prime, you can go help support us right now. All you have to do is click a single subscribe button over on DNVR underscore sports on Twitch and you can subscribe to the channel. We have emotes and stuff on the way that I am very much looking forward to using and spamming in the chat when I get dunked on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, especially uh, with the, just to, add, to follow up on the Twitch, the, the, the Prime and the subs and stuff, is that most people have Amazon Prime. Yep. And if you sign up for a Twitch account, you automatically get Twitch Prime. 
which also gives you one free Twitch Prime sub to give out every single month. Yep. You can sub and to us for free. It does not it does it literally costs you nothing. Uh and it benefits us. And so it's it's a way to it's a way to continue to support us without having to spend any money at all, without having to do anything except just click on that button that says, yes, I would like to give them my my Twitch Prime subscription. And again, it it does something for us. We've already gotten a couple of, of them today uh, as we got it all set up last night. And we're off and running, but we, uh, we're, we're always going to be asking for that support, looking for some support. Um, especially now and and knowing that this isn't going to cost anybody anything that if you already have Amazon Prime that you've already got a Twitch Prime sub just waiting to be given and obviously we think that, that we're the best place for that to go <laughs> and if you're worried about uh, you know if this is all new to you and you know things can be scary that are new to me it takes me a while to figure things out uh, it, it this is really really easy my mother already has a twitch account up and running ready to go she's subscribed she gets a little notification yeah. when we go on um, if she can do it you can do it it's just as easy as setting up a, a Twitter account or anything else uh, so don't be scared off by it. If you're not sure how it works, uh, you'll figure it out. It's a pretty great thing. And and like these guys were saying, we've already, you know, in the first hour and a half of having the Discord up, I've had somebody ask if we can play a game of NHL 20 for a beer. Uh, we've already had people, because, you know, on Twitter, we can go out and say, hey, what's everyone playing? And then there's a long string of tweets that some people are maybe going to read or not yeah. of games people are playing. It's very difficult to have a conversation back and forth. It was one of the first questions thrown out at our Discord was, hey, what are you guys playing? And now we're having an actual conversation. Oh, is that good? Oh, I heard the reviews on that were great. I'm going to hold back and maybe get that. Why don't you tell me how it is in a month? If you really like it, I'll pick it up. And now you can get recommendations on stuff, not from reviewers at some place you, you, you don't know. And as you'll see when we get into our reviews here in a minute, we're not GameSpot, we're not IGN, we're not going to pretend to be. We're your sports beat writer friends who have a particular kind of recommendation and you'll see how that goes, but you can get recommendations from other people in the community, which might be just as valuable to you. Uh, so I think that that aspect of it is going to be super fun as well. Not even just the, you know, setting up tournaments and challenging each other to play games or going to watch each other on Twitch or coming to watch our Twitch, but even just, you know, what are you playing? What do you recommend? Uh, I think those conversations are going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, the coming together and trying to, oh, hey, you know, especially this calendar year might have been like the perfect calendar year for quarantine because there are so many good games coming out. Right. Like, you know, there, you know, a couple, two weeks ago, I had to pick between, oh, Animal Crossing or Doom Eternal. As a lifelong Doom fan, it kind of hurt that I had to make that call, but I picked Animal Crossing. Yeah. And I've had to rely on the people who picked Doom Eternal to, to kind of keep me okay. Hey, how is it? And it's, you know, it sounds great. The people who picked Doom Eternal are plenty happy with that decision. Um, me, I went Animal Crossing, and I would recommend plenty of people definitely give it a look. But it's, you know, Final Fantasy VII coming out tonight. Um, Cyberpunk is coming out soon. Yeah, they uh, nin Nintendo has sort of ninja released the news that they're remastering all of the Mario games. Yeah, and they're just <laughs> like, oh, hey, by the way, we're releasing a remastered Mario 64, which for my money is the best game ever made. And I'm like, oh my god, and so that's huge news for me that that's coming out this year, and it's gonna be awesome to get to go through an incredible gaming year with a gaming community. Yeah. I'm super stoked about it as well. We're going to be talking about Animal Crossing on this pod here today, but if you wanted to know more about Doom Eternal, we had our CEO, Brandon, playing Doom on the stream last week. So all of the gaming content that you could be looking for is either going to be on this pod or on the Twitch channel as we are live right now. If you want to know about a game, 
there's very likely chance that someone at DNVR will be playing it because there are half a dozen of us, if not more, that are going to be regularly on the channel, always streaming something ranging from Hearthstone to Doom Eternal, basically. Everything across the board. Yeah. yeah, you have boy, those couldn't be more different titles. Right, exactly. <laughs> you've, you've got a you've got a card deck game versus Doom Eternal, a right. hardcore action adventure. Uh, and I'm usually on there doing sports games in the morning. So yeah, so quick scheduling note: we're going to be doing these live uh, on Thursday afternoons, uh, usually around the time we're at today, one to two, probably in the afternoon. Uh, and so you can come by, you can chat with us while we're doing the pods. Uh, if you're wondering when we're streaming stuff, every morning, weekday morning, 10 a.m., I start a stream of a sports game. Although here soon it's going to be Final Fantasy VII for a little while, but it's uh, largely going to be uh, sports games. Uh, then around 1 o'clock, AJ is taking over. Lately it's been uh, Heroes of the Storm. Uh, we're going to be switching around what we're playing, but the general schedule for now and then Rudo has been picking it up uh, for your evening, late night gaming hours around 10 p.m. So uh, just be on the lookout for all of that. And uh, to let you know what we were also streaming some of these tournaments. Uh, I streamed uh, an NHL 20 tournament game where I got absolutely waxed by our good buddy. Austin uh, took me down uh, yeah, pretty hardcore there. Yeah. <laughs> that was I an ugly game. give you a hug after that. I was like, oh, yeah. man. Uh, I got I got pretty well owned in that one. My first two games were okay, a three to two loss and a three to two win. But I'm one and two uh, in the NHL 20 tournament now. Uh, I did not have a great week on the stream. I'm not quite sure what my highlight was. I won one baseball game with a decent ninth inning rally. Uh, Todd Helton got a big hit there. But uh, Rudo, what was your highlight of of your streaming activities this week? Uh, well, I got a Kobe in CSGO, if you don't know what that is, a grenade kill, which is quite difficult in that game. Um, beyond that, I'm not exactly sure. I, I basically got beat up a lot in most of the games. My highlight will come Saturday when I broadcast the Rocket League tournament, so it hasn't happened yet. Oh, okay. So you'll win next. It's funny to me that it's called the Kobe. Yeah, it it has been called the Kobe for a decade. That's so good yeah yeah and obviously carries a different kind of weight now but it's another yeah. way his legacy gets to live on that you wouldn't even necessarily think of which is actually pretty dope yeah it definitely feels a little bit different now but i'll be saying kobe when i get grenade kills until i'm 100 so a retirement home like yeah yes and just like shouting from like your your little room or what whatever the Kobe, yeah, Kobe! exactly Kobe. Uh, especially if you guys are doing like in house CS and somebody down the hall is the, on on the receiving end of the Kobe. Yep. You just hear that door close. One hundred percent. When I get put in an old folks home, it's just going to be a land center. That's right. That's that's the that's the old folks home that I would like to get put into as well, please. Jay Hendrix nine, thank you for the follow. Just the, uh, just just the land, just hook me up with the land center so I can play games until it's over. That's basically what this is now, right? We basically just created a huge land center for DNVR members. Kind of. As be- I, I mean, as best as we could. Yeah, as close as we like, could. The 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 bar is one step. Now all we have to do mm-hmm. is we have to we have to buy out the companies that are next to the bar. And turn that there into an go. actual land center, and then we'll set up our gaming shop next to the bar, and then we will just own that corner of Colfax. Get a full PC bong going on there. That's right. That would, oh my! <laughs> it's dreaming big on this. Yeah, it's like let's do this. This is a good uh, idea. That is a good reminder too that once life gets back to normal, all of this video game stuff isn't going to go away. It's just going to bleed into the real world. We're going to have gaming tournaments down at the bar. We're going to have like we're going to have NBA Jam set up at the bar, like arcade games, uh, console games. We'll have big tournaments there. Uh, it's going to be really fun. We're going to figure out ways to you know on all the TVs up above the bar, people will be watching you in the FIFA Championship. 
you out there. And it's going to be awesome. Uh, so <laughs> make sure you're hanging on. Before we move into the reviews, AJ, what was your streaming moment of the week? Uh, boy. Yeah, his know, Hots man. games did not go well on stream. I was so. going to say, we all got kind of waxed this week. Well, the, the, the first day did not go well. Yesterday went much better. I won half of my games. Dude, I really um, am the curse for this stream. Every time I tune in, I won, people I, get blasted. I won the first two games, and, and it was frustrating. I won the first game that I won. Um, we should have finished it 10 minutes earlier, but I was on one of those teams where it was like, you're dominating the other team, and they just want to inflict as much pain as possible instead of just finish the game and move on. And they were like, no, let's drag it out. Let's get a couple more objectives. And the other team started chipping away and coming back. And I was like, can we just end this, please? <laughs> and then I think it was the next game after that that I got MVP. And I had a bunch of kills on a support because for some reason my team couldn't finish anybody off. And I was running around as Lucio. And I was just... And uh, ended up last hitting a bunch of champs and getting some kills. Had no deaths. Had a bunch of assists and... Lead and healing and, and all of that. It was awesome. I I dominated that game. So that was it was it was nice to have like one dominant performance on stream before I then turned around and got rolled the rest of the day. Just got, just got rolled. Let me see if I can find it really quick. I know AJ's moment of the week. Oh jeez. Is, <laughs> is this the clip that you made? Yes, it is. Um Oh, I don't know where it is. Oh, I was so looking forward to it. Yeah, it was uh, my ETC game where I was shouting Playmaker. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. We got it. Here we go. Here we go. Got to un unmute it. Play without a healer. Oh. You guys oh, probably can't so hear it, but the, everyone else will. So AJ, sitting on Elite Torn Chieftain, goes for the dive, gets it, and then... Playmaker! Playmaker! What's up? <laughs> that is definitely AJ's moment of the week, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm that down with that. Through. That's fine. Uh, I should also mention that we orchestrated a, a trade on my uh, yeah. our, on the DNVR Avalanche yes. franchise that we're, we're doing. We got a lot of input in. We had a a team meeting. We went through the trade block of all the teams in the NHL. That was awesome. Uh, and so, Rudo, I don't know if you've heard the news. We traded the gravy train, Ryan Graves, and a... I'm on board already. Okay, a first rounder and a fourth rounder in yeah. 2021. Yeah, both for, picks in 2021. Yeah, for Spurgeon. For Spurgeon? Yeah. Um, yeah, we Ryan Graves and a first and a fourth for James Spurgeon. I was on board before you told me what you got coming back. I don't understand how you're hating on Jared Spurgeon. He's Spurgeon's great. It does not solve the Avs problem of moving a defenseman out, though. Oh, they they no, that was not the point. The point was to get better on defense. All right, to, I guess yeah, not it, to clear a body in franchise mode. You're just trying to win now all the time. I forget. It, yeah, exactly. You're, uh, not, you're not messing around like oh, Bowen Byram is there. Um, you know, like nah, he's yes, he's coming. That's great. Uh, I remember we uh, the chat forced you to play Connor Timmons for a game, and <laughs> he played like three shifts and got hurt, and it was great. And it was awesome. Wow. Um, but yeah, traded for Jared. Is Spurgeon he really worth a first and a fourth on top? I guess. Yes, for a third pairing defenseman that's twenty five years old. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, okay. I an, How many years is left on Spurgeon's deal? Like four or five. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it's a little better then. Someone wants to know if you ever play league, AJ. Um, not anymore, unfortunately. Although I was playing when I was playing Hots yesterday, in the back of my mind, I was like, "Wow, this is really making me miss playing League." Oh but, boy. Um, I don't anymore. I used to play it a lot. I, I mean, a lot. I have several thousand games of League played, so um, I watch it pretty regularly. I still watch LCS, but I do not. I do not play anymore. It's not even installed on my on my PC anymore, actually. 
Yeah. Yeah. Happens that way sometimes. And then one day you reinstall it and it becomes your whole life again or something with certain things. So, um, Thank hey, you another follow. follow. Yeah. Appreciate La, it. LA Pointster. Yeah. yeah. Not sure which one either. <laughs> I made it Frencher than I think it probably is. La Pointster. Um, all right. Let's jump into our first ever. So, no pressure now. Uh, video game review. As I mentioned earlier, we're not GameSpot, we're not IGN, we're not trying to be, so we're going to do this a bit differently, and AJ is going to have to do a lot of this on the spot. He's ready. I know he's ready, uh, because we've talked about these categories, but I've written them down here, uh, and, and he's going to have to figure out answers to some of these questions on the fly. We're, we're going to talk about the game for sure. Uh, Animal Crossing is there. We'll get to the, the big end of you know review score. But I, I want to start out with some because we're all sports reporters here. We're, we're going to be doing this in a sports reporter style. So I want to know, first of all, what what or who is the MVP of Animal Crossing? What's the standout? What, what do I need to know about this game? Uh, I would say that the MVP of the game is probably its ability to be playable every day. Whereas there's an in- so there's an incentive to play every single day, whether it be in-game events or it just be you're working your way towards uh, you want to build another how you want to build another expansion on your house or you want to change up some of the some of the infrastructure on your island or you're trying to recruit other people to come live on your island or you're trying to get people to trying to convince people that your island is great to live on and not move away like whatever whatever your reasoning be i think the mvp of the game is just it's it's ability to be interesting every day it's a game that you should play every day and not it doesn't have a beginning or or i mean it has a beginning but it doesn't really have like a story beginning and there's definitely no end there's like an objective that the game eventually gives you and once you achieve it, you're kind of like, okay, now what? And then you realize that there's this huge list of stuff to do. And that's <laughs> that's really it. So MVP of the game is its ability to be played every day. Does that appeal to you, Rudo? Is that <laughs> um so I've played the old Animal Crossing games, haven't got my hands on the new one, and it was fun for a while, mainly because very much in many video games, I am a collector and Animal Crossing has set itself up to where there are loads and loads of different things you can collect. You can collect all the fish, you can collect all the fossils, you can collect all the seashells. It just goes on and on and on and on. So if you want to, you can absolutely get lost in trying to 100% this game and collect everything and it's borderline impossible. It is very difficult um, to to 100% the game. And it's even more so now because uh, the way that the online service has sort of changed the complexity of the game is that they do live updates for events as they come and go. So Easter is this weekend. And so it's just been raining eggs on the island for the last week. Like instead of digging up fossils all over the island, you're digging up eggs. When you shake the trees, instead of branches coming out, eggs are falling out. You go fishing and and it's eggs. And all of these different (laughs) kinds of eggs go into different recipes and they all make special event items. And they are only available during the two weeks of this event. On Sunday, there will be an NPC that shows up and is like, so what's your progress? Like, how did you do during this event? And if you if you were able to do all of the stuff and, and get all the recipes and make everything, then you get a special one-time item. You get a unique item you can't, you will not be able to get anywhere else or ever again. See, this and is... So if, you, if you're a collector, you have to be participating every single day yep. in order to do this. And then, so these events will run year-round. There are also little events that take place like this weekend, uh, my town is having a fishing tournament and those different things pop up 
And so you win the fishing tournament. You win, I'm assuming, a trophy or a piece of furniture or something that will be unique to the fishing tournament that you will not be able to acquire in any other way. And so when you set up your house, you display this stuff. People come over and they look at your place and they're like, oh, man, you have this thing. That's awesome. How do I get it? And you're like, sucker, you can't. <laughs> that so are all of these events or at least the the like the Easter one tied to online now? Because I remember Yeah, so it's like the events can be different from year to year. Whereas right. in old Animal Crossing, it just whatever whatever the events were based on that year. So like Christmas was the same every year. People would cheese the game to get the items by changing the date on their console to get yeah. to the events but now you so can't you can do time that. travel and the, so they've made they've put in penalties in this game for time traveling i have not done it at all and i won't do it on this file uh on on the switch i won't do it i want to play it straight up and so there won't be any time traveling to different seasons and different times of day and any of that for me while i hunt for items i'm i'm just gonna have to get the items while i can all right well what is the least valuable player then or the the downside of this game what is the worst element of animal crossing which i know you and we'll get to it at the end you you love very much but yeah so easily the biggest annoyance is 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 the crafting system uh everybody thinks that they have to be minecraft these days and it just doesn't it doesn't need to exist it's so annoying um i don't mind the crafting system as a whole but you run around on the island with tools. You have an axe, you have a stone axe, you have a shovel, you have a fishing rod, you have a ladder, you have a slingshot. You've got all these little things, all these tools that you need in order to perform these tasks that you do every day. Well, these tools break. And so you're constantly gathering up materials to remake them. And it is stupid and annoying and it doesn't add anything to the gameplay. It doesn't add an element of anything. And so you're constantly wasting half of your inventory to carry around with you at all times, both tools, materials, and a bench to drop on the ground so that you can just make everything when stuff breaks. Now you don't have to carry the bench. That's something that I choose to do because I don't want to have to run back to my house every single time something breaks. Or run back to the bench in the middle of town that they give you in Tom Nook's um, in the in the resident services building. I don't want to have to do that. It's annoying. So I use a I use an inventory slot to carry it around with me. It's obnoxious, and you also can store materials in your house so that you can save materials for bigger things later on. And when you get when when you're out and about of your house and you run out of those materials, you know, say say your axe breaks and you need a couple, you need a specific kind of wood. Well, there's three different kinds of wood. And then there's different kinds of rocks. And you need different ones to make different of the tools. These things break and it's just annoying. And you can't access your house storage unless you're in your house. And it's like, oh my God. And there are only, you can only have stacks of 30 of a material at a time. And it's like, look, if I could have an unlimited number or a stack of like hundreds of these things, then this would not be a problem. They would just sit in my inventory. They would take up space, but it would be fine because I could just carry everything with me and I could make whatever I needed. You also can only make one tool at a time. And so, like, you make your your low tier of a fishing rod, and then you have to upgrade it to the higher tier of fishing rod that has more uses until it breaks next. And it's okay, but you you can't just make the nice fishing rod and use the materials along the way. You have to go through the menu, make the flimsy fishing rod, then the regular fishing rod, and it's like, I am wasting probably 30 to 40 minutes every single day just making tools just banging away at making tools gathering up materials to make tools and it's just like this is not the point of the game this has never been animal crossing's thing this is a stupid addition 
This is bad. They need to they need to come up with something. I expect six months from now, if Nintendo actually dares to to listen to some criticism for once in its in its history, they should be working on some sort of a patch, some sort of an update where you can now make multiple things at a time. You can access your house storage on the go. If they're they're they can't just remove the crafting system, it's too big of a component of the game. But there are ways to streamline it and make quality of life updates to it so that you're not just sitting there wasting time just banging away, making materials so that you can run around and break all your shit again. <laughs> very, very annoying, dude. Yeah. And one of the other things in Animal Crossing, like that's Animal Crossing is famous for is the golden tools. Yep. When you when you catch every fish in the game, when you catch every bug in the game, when you fill out your entire museum full of fossils, you get the golden tools, which are unbreakable. That is not the case in this game. They break. They break now, I believe it's after 100 uses, which is a lot of uses. But your golden tools break? Are you high? The whole (laughs) point of doing all of the work to get them was so that you would have the highest tier of tool. And in previous games, you could also dig up bells with that stuff, which is the currency in the game. Can't do any of that in this. And those tools break. Girl, please. So I definitely cannot live up to that annoyance. That seems like the most annoyance in the game. But I was going to say griefers. Because I heard a story this morning about something AJ did, if he wants to tell it. (laughs) So, my fiancé and I both play this game. And uh, her being the sweet, trusting Canadian that she is, (laughs) gave me best friend privileges. So that when I could come to her town, uh, if, if if you have best friend privileges, you can kind of alter the landscape a little bit. There are some things you can and can't do. Like you can dig holes and you can plant stuff and whatever, right? Well, I went to her place. I went to her, visited her town the other day. And I took with me a stack of 99 weeds. And in the game, weeds are bad because they lower your town rating. And they're just kind of a pain in the butt to pull all the time. And so what I did is I ran around her town And I found as many of the hard to find areas because the way the camera works, if you run behind buildings, you can't really see what's back there. And so I went and I ran around her town and I picked all the hard to hard to hide areas and I just started planting weeds all over the place. (laughs) And so that's that's what I did is that I planted I had 90 I had 99 uh, 99 weeds and I planted. Um, I planted 96 of them in her town and she was able to find 94 of them. <laughs> so Two still lurking. Get all of them, which is very amusing to me because there were a couple where I did, I did take the extra time to hide in a tough spot. There were some like, I like one of them, like I like the bottom right corner of her Island. I just planted weeds all over the place and there was <laughs> nothing down there. Like she could just see it. And it was just annoying. But she was also chasing me around the island when she figured out what I was doing. So I didn't have time to be as creative as I wanted. Like, I was going to write <laughs> messages with the weeds and stuff. Like, I was going to write LOL in terrible. Weeds. But terrible. I didn't have a chance to because she caught on to it. And she was running around pulling them behind me. Uh, but there were a couple. Um, we went to sleep after I'd done this. And I woke up the next morning. And the first thing she said to me was, where are the weeds? <laughs> <laughs> so that was yeah. that was amazing. It was it was a, it was wonderful trolling her, and she uh, she keeps threatening to unbest friend me, and I think after today she probably will. <laughs> Good call on her part. Um, I mean, I certainly right. don't blame her. <laughs> all right, here here's the tough one you got to come up with on the spot now. Animal Crossing New Horizons as an athlete. Any athlete you can think of that, uh, you know, makes a good parallel for um, this particular game. I'll go with I'll go with Landis Cog. Very good. A solid player. Uh, leader in the clubhouse. Okay. 
one that you can rely on day-to-day basis and uh, will be very reliable for you. Won't do a lot of changing, uh, but is a high-end game. It's a very well-made game. It's a fun game. It's a game that you can always come back to. Uh, and it and it will always be one that has something to offer you every uh, all times of year because of the different events and the the way that the game goes with the the seasons. So winter is when you're in winter in life, then you're in winter in the game, and it's snowing, and you have different different things going on. Whatever, as life goes, Animal Crossing goes, and I think that uh, the quality of the game puts it on Landiscog's level where. It's not elite. It's not the greatest game ever made. If I was giving it a number ranking, it would probably be a nine. Um, it's a very good game for what it is. You have to want to play it. You have to like that kind of game. But uh, very reliable, day in, day out, rock solid. Taking it in the first round? Definitely. like that. I like that. Um, yeah, and then I was just, and then the last thing was just your quarantine score. I guess, so if you're giving it a nine regular are you giving it uh, a 10 in quarantine? <laughs> in quarantine, yes, because <laughs> when you have nowhere to be and nothing to do, all you can you can spend all day running around fishing and catching you bugs. You can and... literally live the fantasy of walking out your front door and going to the store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You right. can go outside. You can talk to other people. You don't have to worry about social distancing and Animal Crossing. You can go and talk to your neighbors. It's quite thrilling. <laughs> uh right yeah yeah it's a it's a brave new world out there you can actually do those things um we call them new horizons for a reason there there it is they knew all right (laughs) they knew uh all right i think that uh wraps it up unless either of you've got uh final thoughts on animal crossing pretty solid recommendation there from aj i may have to check it out not really my type of thing but you know a lot Again, of people say this, and I will I will say it is also not my type of game. Yeah. Uh, like if you were to play like the Stardew Valley types, those types of games where it's a lot of like resource building and like um, building up of, of, of a place like that, it's not my thing. It's, it's really not, but I've been playing the Animal Crossing since the original iterations and have always been a huge fan. 1000% my wife's type of game. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and speaking of a thousand percent, my type of game that moves us into our retro review and I'll be fine. I I think I'll make the, I'll make it through this. Okay. Uh, but it is one of my favorite games ever from easily my favorite franchise of all time. And uh, we're not just discussing it today because of that, but also it's very highly publicized remake is coming out today. Of course, we're talking final fantasy seven. Uh, game released in 1997 on the original Sony PlayStation, the seventh game in the Final Fantasy franchise, believe it or not. Um, Multiple discs? Yeah, it was um, this massive thing, and it is considered by many people, including myself, to be one of the greatest video games ever made, especially when you do kind of take it all in and talk about the way it changed the industry and impacted things. Some people care more about those things than others. Um, If you're making a top five video game list and Final Fantasy VII isn't in it, it's not a valid list. Right. I think if you're trying to be objective about like the history of gaming and its importance and also its quality, uh, that that's correct. If it's not at number one, I'm not going to fight you on that. Um, I don't even know that it's my favorite Final Fantasy. But again, if I'm being objective about it it's the most important final fantasy um and and in many ways i think you could argue the most important story driven game that's ever been made and most of the story driven games that were made after it are in some way or another influenced by it inspired by what it did oh it's interesting for me especially talking to younger people as well not that anyone here is particularly old but a game goes to a, a cutscene today, and people are just used to full HD, high quality cutscenes. But back then, that was a whole new world, basically. A, a cutscene was like, what this? Yeah, what, it's. What's happening I, right now? 
to to we'll get back to the MVP, I guess, in a second. Go straight to the the LVP of this game. Really, is that one? It's difficult to put people into that time. In that, uh, it is very much a product of its time, um, and in some ways, it looks super dated. The graphics look terrible. Where at the time, they were the greatest thing we'd ever seen. Uh, there are rough del- rough elements of the script and the translation. Uh, I also think it's a game that that's ambitions were a lot bigger than its ability to successfully complete a lot of those ambitions, which is why I think it's being remade. Um, it kind of eyes bigger than its stomach in, in certain ways. So certain things that don't work, you're just like, they were trying to do a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that that's, a lot of people have had a hard time getting into it for those reasons. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy that they're remaking it. So people can get past the, old graphics and the old weird translations and the fact that what was at the time an impressive spectacle, you know, it's kind of like going back and watching 2001 Sam Raimi's Spider-Man now, where I remember going into that theater as a kid and being like, I, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Spider-Man's going all over the place. And like, you watch it now, you're like, this is rough, dude. Yeah. It, it bad. It, things rarely hold up. 23 years later so it, it's a moment that you had to experience truly when it was relevant as are honestly the vast majority of video games yeah yeah, yeah i think most of them are are products of their time in that way um i do think the the thing that stands the test of time is the most valuable part of the game remains the story and characters of Final Fantasy VII, uh, they're beloved for a reason. If you look across the internet and like gaming polls, anytime you've got Final Fantasy VII characters involved, they tend to win or get to the finals of brackets and things like that. Um, it's just a beloved cast of characters and really a story that is unlike anything I've played or experienced before or since. Um, there's certain anime that I think come pretty close but a lot of them were trying to be like final fantasy 7 i i feel like it's very much like akira in that way where there's a lot of stuff or blade runner maybe is a a film more people are familiar with where a lot of stuff that came after it kind of tried to imitate it and so you feel like some things are familiar about it but it's still there's no replacement for going back and watching the original blade runner or akira like there's just no replacement for it yeah, your first is it only comes once. Uh, so it's getting existential. <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? So we did MVP. We did we did LVP there. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an interesting one. Let let's let's do this for Final Fantasy VII as a uh, as an athlete. I've got Kobe, second Kobe call out of the podcast, but I think it's very similar to what AJ said, where I'm not sure too many people would call Kobe the greatest basketball player of all time. You got MJ, you got LeBron. Uh, only Lakers fans. But right, 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 right. Uh, kind of the way maybe only a Final Fantasy fan would say that Final Fantasy VII is the greatest game of all time. But while you might look at us funny when we say that, you know you only get to look at us sideways so much that at worst you can knock our thing down to, as you said, fifth right like that's the lowest that it that now you're the one not being objective at that point right yeah i really like that comparison because final fantasy 7 is an incredibly popular franchise well the final fantasy series i should say is incredibly popular even if 7 is at the top of that list for many people or, or whatever the lakers very similar they had a shack. <laughs> they had right. many supporting cast members around Kobe throughout his career. And I think Final Fantasy VII is the same way. I quite enjoyed Final Fantasy thirteen myself and, and a few of the other games. Wasn't as big of a fan in the between about nine and twelve, but the whole series has a diehard following that pushes it <laughs> to the top. 9 to 12 is where they lost a lot of people. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know if that's true. I I, I I don't think I don't think Final Fantasy has the same pull that it used to whereas when Final Fantasy, you know, when when 4, 5, 6 were coming out when 7 came out, Final Fantasy was kind of the peak. 
of I mean, RPGs no. at the time. Nine and ten, you still have to include in there, honestly. After that, the numbers start to fall off a little well, bit. But I, from a popularity and sales standpoint, nine and ten remain. Uh, yeah, but I, it's it's a result of those games being what they were that the numbers did fall off. There's well, there's some odd ones in there too. Like ten two mm. was extremely popular. Yeah. So, um, for a quick little bit uh, of history on that, though, it's really it's after ten when the main like the guy who created the series left and they started doing things like having direct sequels like 10 2 or they blew final fantasy 7 out into other stuff where there was a movie and there were prequel games um which are very good in my opinion most of them um but it was just a different direction and for a lot of people they think that that's when the series started to go downhill i I think they just took a couple of very small missteps after final fantasy 12 um and and it's funny that Rudo mentions 13. Most Final Fantasy bl- fans blame 13. Yeah, a lot of people hate 13, I know. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, honestly, the, the narrative that the Final Fantasy franchise is dead or doesn't have the pull that it did, is like that was true for about seven or eight years, and it's just not anymore. Final Fantasy 14 is one of the most successful games in the world, and Final Fantasy 15 sold 10 million copies now. So um, I, I don't think that that's just... I don't think it's the case anymore. And this, I think this remake is going to sell 10 million copies in a week. And um, it, it's going to be insane. I know we're talking about seven here, but 15 was interesting. When it first came out, it was wildly popular and a lot of people were iffy about it, but it seemed like a bit of a slow burn to get people to turn on to it. The boss was a big fan. Yeah, I I got him into it. I think it helps that he didn't get into it right away and he was able to play the full thing because people who don't know all the behind the scenes stuff have zero problems with 15. The problem with 15 was it kept getting delayed. And when it was first released, people were super iffy about having a Final Fantasy game that had DLC in it. And it was just that whole fight that all of gaming is going through. How much, you know, can you do future chapters and and release stuff with DLC? And people were really mad about that. But when you ask them just to, you know, talk about the quality of the game, what do you think about the characters, the story, the combat? People weren't especially high on the combat. But the things that Final Fantasy typically does well, characters and stories, 15 was incredible. And that's why the boss loved it. It's why I loved it. Uh, It's why it sold so many copies, but has this small group of people who just loathe its very existence. How do you guys feel about launch day purchases of games? Because it feels more and more like I was comfortable doing it with animal crossing because as a lifelong Nintendo fan, they, they tend to put the time in for that extra level of polish for games. It's a lot safer. You don't have to worry about broken games on day one, much, much safer to do that with Nintendo. (laughs) Exactly. And like, not like, and we're talking like Nintendo developed games, not Nintendo published, but Nintendo developed games. Um, their, their, their first party offerings are always top notch. And I think that I get very iffy when other companies release games on day one about whether or not I want to buy it. Because a lot of times I'm like, you know what? Wait a month. Let the people who are going to buy it on day one freak out, cause the developer to panic, and fix a bunch of stuff. Like, you look at what happened with Mass Effect Andromeda all those years ago that killed the Mass Effect franchise. Had they just taken the extra six months and done a bunch of the work, that game still would have disappointed because there were still a lot of fundamental problems that they could not fix in that amount of time. But the polish would have been there, and they would not be releasing a broken game on day one. It wouldn't be an unmitigated disaster, at least. Right, where if you go back and you play Andromeda now, some of the stuff that people were freaking out about on day one, you're going to be like, I don't know what they're talking about. This doesn't exist. I can't find examples of this because they fixed it. And some of the stuff that they fixed is stuff that took them you knew that they were working on before the game even released, like all the facial animation stuff Yep, that they fixed two weeks into the game being out where you're like, okay, you guys did not start and finish all the facial animations in this 90 hour adventure of a game in two weeks. You guys have been doing this. You knew this was a problem and started trying to fix these beforehand. 
And I think it's one of my frustrations with gaming today is day one releases feel like a, a minefield. Like you're just walking through a minefield, just hoping that you aren't going to step on one that's going to blow up and be one of your favorite games in the process. So you'll have to get back to it on the remake, but for the original Final Fantasy VII quarantine score? So, yeah, uh, like, it, it's going to be... Di- if you love weird stories, it's a 10 out of 10. Uh, if you need action and excitement and modernism in your games, the original Final Fantasy VII during this quarantine is like a 2 out of 10. Like, I, I cannot recommend it to anybody uh, who's going to be turned off by older graphics or a need for fast-paced action or, uh, you know, kind of a more standard, easy-to-grasp story where everything kind of makes sense as you go along. It very purposefully doesn't give you information. It's one of those stories that messes with you, the the player, uh, the viewer, on purpose. It's it's a mind F it's meant to make you think at their twists and turns. And so if you're into that kind of thing uh, and you want to fall in love with a, a cast of characters, even because the remake that's coming out does not cover the entire original game, which ha- there, there's a whole other debate about that. Um, but whether you love the remake or not, I think it'll be really interesting to see. I bet this is going to happen. People are going to get the remake. They're going to fall in love with the characters for the first time and the story and the spectacle and grandeur of it all. And then they'll have an entry point to go play the old one and find find out what happens next in the story. Um, I, I think that's going to be really interesting. And so for, for those people, if, you're, if you want to dive into a story that's unlike any story you've experienced before and it's your first time, I cannot recommend it more highly. So quick question for you, um, having not played it yet, what are the things that you're hoping remastered covers? Yeah, so uh, th- this one's interesting to me because the first uh, Final Fantasy VII has a lot of flashbacks and a lot of conversations about things that took place before the story of the game proper. And in the original game, they're kind of played off very quickly. So I think the main thing I'm I'm hoping is that all of that stuff will be fleshed out a bit more. And then the thing for me that I'm most excited about that I'm hearing, you know, was obviously a big part of this. So this remake takes place almost entirely in the city of Midgar, where the first 10 hours of the original happened, which is this giant metropolis. Uh, it's a really fascinating concept. The, the city itself, the way it's structured, makes comments on classism and um environmentalism there's a there's a whole conversation about energy and corporations Uh, but in the original game you really only get a taste of it you get a real sense of it and i want to explore the city i want to see further evidence of the damage that's been caused by this corporation that's basically taken over all of the government and uh the propaganda that they wield you know in the original there's just like you know there's some graffiti on the wall that's propaganda well now we're going to get full news reports and people on the street repeating talking points coming from the corporation all that extra level of interactivity um and i'm looking forward to the stuff that they change i'm very pro retelling and remaking of things and that it doesn't replace the original so i want to see you know if they do stuff that's new and different with the story i mean you still have to tell the basic plot points of it but um some parts are going to be in different areas and have different meanings or or have a slightly different twist. And I'm really excited to see what they decide to change about it because ultimately it's their story too. Okay. Yeah. I like that. How, uh, how much, how much are you looking forward to a whole new generation of gamers using Sephiroth and cloud as their online handles? Yeah, th- this is one of the things. So my brother and I have always talked about the old Final Fantasy games should get remade for the reason we came in on this conversation with. It's like there's a se- segment of us that know and love this stuff and know how great it is. But we also know that there's a lot of people out there who just can't get into it. It's just it looks weird. It's old. It's not their thing. And as we've said, as much as I defend them, I don't think the newest Final Fantasies quite capture that magic other than maybe 14 which you have to be an online gamer mmos are a whole other problem so yes that these classic characters cloud and sephiroth and Aerith and tifa and barrett 
uh, are going to become household names again. And, and the people are going to get to know them for the first time and not feel like they're, that it's not theirs, that it gets to belong to them. Uh, that's so awesome to me. And I hope it does open up people into, you know, finding some of the old games or really the best case end game scenario for this is for it to sprout remakes of the other ones, like six or oh tactics. I was having this conversation Dude. with my, my best friend the other day about remaking six and putting in a 3d world and like keeping the same story, but totally remaking six and, yeah. and like reimagining all of it into into a 3d full-blown like i i was thinking like a like a skyrim-esque world like a big open world that's but it's fully fleshed out yes. with all the same towns and all the same emotional experiences a remastered soundtrack all because six is my favorite final fantasy mm-hmm. and and that's where i i'm hoping seven is successful in that it opens the door for us to have the conversation hopefully um that hey maybe this is a good idea let's try this with six i think you might be going the wrong way they're going to be working with eight again (laughs) uh i like eight but i think that's the wrong way to go Uh, yeah that's how i know they're going to go that way (laughs) i mean it is square enix man and square enix has been uh i i think they've been been iffy for a long time well, uh, it depends on what you count. I, for one, can't wait for XX Buster Sword XX to win a tournament at the <laughs> DNVR bar. So, yeah, it's coming. It's going to be a glorious day. That's what I'm saying. An entire new generation of these guys is going to come rolling through, and we're going to be like, "Are we sure this was a good idea?" Yeah, I'm I'm all for inviting new people to the party. I did play this game for the first time when I was like 12 or something like that, and I've loved it my whole life, and I've played it eight, nine, ten times over the years. And I will cry playing the remake, and I'll be streaming that uh, as soon as I can. And if if they announced, if they did a um, a teaser with just a tiny bit of remade music and the logo for Final Fantasy VI and said, we're going to remake it in the same, I would ball. Yeah. I would fall into a puddle of tears. I would have um, an emotional reaction to that too. But but a big part of it is it is like it's weird. It's, it's like it, I do want other people to experience it. That's and that's the reason why it's definitely like, you always want them to. I want that's one reason I'm excited for yes. uh, people like when Tomb Raider got remade, right? And they started remaking the Tomb Raider series and they yeah. updated it and they went with and it's awesome. The the it's so good. And it was like, oh, all these games that I got to play as a kid, I get to play in a reimagined way later on in life. And they're and it was awesome when I was younger. It was Tomb Raider is awesome now. And a whole new generation of gamers is like, wow, these Tomb Raider games are really cool. And the series got second life breathed into it. And I'm hoping, you know, that I, as a like as a lifelong Mario fan, I've never had that problem. Because Mario hasn't gone they, anywhere, there are they turn out awesome games every two years. <laughs> exactly, like Mario just drops into your lap and is like, "Hey, by the way, I'm still incredible." Ha 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 ha! And then goes about his life, you know. And other series don't have that 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 consistent quality of development, and so I'm I'm very hopeful that seven, if it's if it's really good, could lead to. I mean, we're we're even in a world where, you know, remastering the original Mass Effect is something that should be under consideration. Right. Re- remastering the original Bioshock is something that should be in, under consideration because those games have aged and they are all-time classics and you can bring them back into the forefront and let us relive those adventures, but modernized. And I'm I will happily spend money on games I've already purchased if they're still good, because taking chances on new IPs just like the just like it is with the 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 companies as a consumer you have no idea what you're getting. Um, all right, well I think that's as good a place as any to wrap it up. Uh, make sure you're following us. Make sure you're staying on the stream so you can watch me cry while I stream a role playing game. 
uh, <laughs> and, and all the other fun stuff we're going to do. If you haven't yet, follow DNVR underscore gaming on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to everything. Uh, swing by the DNVR lounge. We're going to be talking to people in the Discord. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. And yep. just keep drinking Breck Brew. All the Breck Brew during the quarantine. There are no rules now. You can have as much as you want at any time of the day. <laughs> it's one of the things that you can do. So Can uh, confirm. For... <laughs> True story. Uh, so for Rudo and AJ, I've been Drew Creaseman. This has been a lot of fun. And we will see you next time.